Zoo Style approaching the 352 lengths in front of Uncommon James, followed by Asfura. IME plugs on Marine One and King of Sparta is trying to get a run towards the inside. Uncommon James and Asfura up to Zoo Style. It's kicking Uncommon James in the middle. Uncommon James grabs Asfura. Uncommon James holding on and won the Oakley Plate. Lofty strike up for second from Asfura, King of Sparta. And they were followed next in the field behind them by Zoo Style, who got tired. Chain of Lightning, Marine One pull up quickly. Followed by shooting for gold. Next in the field, Star Patrols, Apateo, Rock and Horse, Malaver, Mask Crusader, the Astrologist, and one of the last, Shimino. Yeah, well, watching the race in replay, Uncommon James always seemed to be travelling well, but just watching the race live, the, the first feature from a Queensland point of view was to see Zoo Style jump from that outside gate and hurtle along at uh, sectionals unheard of. He, he really set a a strong tempo, didn't he? Just got tied late. Yeah, Zustal ran out of his skin, beaten less than a length and a half, hurtling along, as you say, at that speed. But Ben Thompson's right, I thought, from the wide gate, just ducking across the field early, just sitting there. I mean, if he was stuck wide uh, or in a different spot, we may have had a different result. But uh, he just had faith in the horse, and the horse was just too good. I was so wrapped for Ben, I've got to say. Well, Ben Dorries, let's have a chat with Ben Thompson. He's on the line now. Ben, good morning. Good morning, David. Now... I know yesterday was a big moment. And you know why I know it was a big moment? That no one else has released this, but I'm going to now. Yesterday was a big moment for you because on across the country, you told all those thousands of people listening, you said at one stage, I'm having trouble putting two words together. That's a big moment, Ben. You put a thousand and two words together every time you talk. So for you to say that, this must have been one hell of a moment. <laughs> no, I think uh, you're spot on there. Um, well summed up. But it's uh, watching back over um, uh, obviously the uh, videos and what on the social media, and I was watching the the wrap on on racing.com this morning, and um, I might have been wrong there because I, I, to be honest, I didn't shut up. But, um, <laughs> That's true. <laughs> it was uh, it was it was it was amazing and still very very surreal. Um, um, oh, I, I was I managed to get managed to get good sleep which was really nice but it, it was nice to wake up and and realizing that it did happen but yeah super special ben you've been riding i think for eight or nine years now how many times have you gone to bed at night dreaming of that moment i heard you say to bruce mcavaney on air of this is the moment you know i've long thought of getting up and being interviewed by you after winning a group one is it has it been something that's been on your mind for a long time yeah it has been it's obviously it's it, as I said in my interview um, with Nigel yesterday following the race, because I'm sure it's something that every jockey, you know, dreams of um, being able to ride in a Group One, let alone let alone win one. Uh, and it probably wasn't until I'd, I'd been riding. Uh, when I started riding, honestly, all I wanted to do was just outride my country claim. I thought I could do that because it was all like I'd, I hadn't ridden a horse until I was 15 and a half, and it was all very, very, you'd say, spontaneous. Um, my first boss, Mick Kent, asked me if I'd like to become a jockey. And anything that Mick, Mick Kent said, I'd pretty much say yep. And um, I'd take whatever he said as gospel. You could say I'd head into my shoulders when I started working for him. And um, he told me to get a haircut. So that day I went and got one. <laughs> then he asked me to become a jockey. And I said yep. And um, yeah, all right, man, nine years later, we're here. So it, it wasn't until probably I'd been riding 12, 18 months that that um and then I was riding in in town that that sort of your your dreams they became became higher and um I am very very emotional as as anybody that watched 
the race and post race would have seen, and even the thought of it, you know, the amount of times that I'm and I, I daydream a oh, hundred times a day that just the thought that that thoughts cross my mind, and if I think about it too long, I'm about I, I <laughs> nearly start to tear up, honestly. So it's it was super special, and um, yeah, for it all to happen, and just just for it, and obviously, it, oh, the 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 messages and and all that have been overwhelming, and everybody that's it's reached out, it's obviously it meant a lot to plenty of others, which which means even more. So, you know, uh, myself and Steph, my parents, were all over the moon. And of course, um, you would have seen <clears throat> so many of your riding contemporaries uh, at a similar age, maybe a bit younger, a bit older, uh, where you started off in Victoria, win group ones, I guess, in the last two, three, four, five years. And um, I think you'd ridden 30 or 31 group ones, not too many in the market. But just watching those guys that you sort of started riding with, some of those guys winning group ones, you must have just put a bit of a spur in your saddle too and thought, hang on, I can do this as well. Yeah, for sure. Very lucky like to have um, had a great, such a, a great group of mates in Victoria, which we are still all really close. And speaking of Ben Allen, Bo Mertens, Mick D, John McNeil, Paddy Maloney, um, Ethan Brown, Jake Bayless were all very close, and we were close back then going through our apprenticeship, and we, we are still. And and uh, for all of them to to make it at the, at the top level, and Ben Allen broke through his first Group One in the same race last year. And I was talking to him early in the week, and he, he said, "I oh, see so you're trying to emulate what I've done last year." <laughs> and um, he was straight on the whistle last night, and obviously, Joy and Mick D have just they've, they've and obviously even and Damien Thornton, my brother-in-law, like what they've all done. Um, Paddy Maloney more recently, and and the new market last year. It's to 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 get the like obviously yeah. I think we all feel it, you know. Just watching them and let alone being close with them, um, just the emotions that that comes from from sort of achieving it something at the highest level uh, in our field and to be able to join them and, and feel it it's it's um the feeling is honestly indescribable can you remember the last time you rode at Sandown? i um i was actually my, i flew down on friday and stayed at my with my parents friday night and mum drove me to the races yesterday and she said how long would it have been since i was at Sandown? and then i think it would have been about two two and a half years david because I've, I've been in queensland pretty much two and a half years spot on i arrived late August 2021, so mm. it's, uh, no, 2020, 2020 it would have been. Um, so it's, yeah, it would have been two and a half years, and with that that extra winning post, a few of the boys, even that, that rode in the race yesterday, um, said, oh, how'd you go with that second winning post? I said, I was lucky that I was on a horse that was probably travelling the longest, but that, um, it would cope pretty good, I reckon, because I hadn't been there for a while. But, um, yeah, I reckon it would have been two and a half years. At what point did you think you were the winner? Obviously, the key move, I guess, was early on, wasn't it? Getting across, you know, with relative ease, I guess, into a, into a forward position. At what point did you think, this is mine? You know, did did you sort of allow yourself to sort of celebrate a bit in your mind? Yeah, I. it was about, at the, you'll see on the, the replay, at about the, at the furlong on the normal, like going to the normal winning post, is a steward's tower with a two on it, and that's, uh, it's about the 280 yesterday with the longer winning post, and I was getting closer to there, and um, I still, I was just, I was just nursing him along, like starting to niggle, but I knew that I still had a lot of horse there, and just knowing what a horse like that, that horse, Uncommon James finds, when you really ask for him, like he, he's, you can almost see his turn of foot, like he, his back end drops, and his, his front gets a bit higher, and he, he just lengthens, and I knew that I hadn't, hadn't found that yet, 
or asked for him. And when I was getting to there, I thought, I, honestly, I told myself, so I'm going to win this, and which is, it was honestly, it was it was pretty daunting at the same time because Steph and I have spoken about this that we're usually if it comes crosses our mind that we're going to win or we tell ourselves, oh, I'm home. Usually you're not. <laughs> it's um something just just blouses you late. So it was um I yeah just waited for as long as I could and I didn't pull the persuader and well pretty much halfway along the red rail so about 120 or so to go and I mean, Asfora was at full bore on my outside and as soon as I gave him a flick it's probably the best shot to show what he found was the the inside um, car patrol shot at the inside rail and. When I did give him a flick, I already found him. And that's, yeah, when I was able to honour to the last 50 or so, it, it felt a long time, but I was able to really soak it up and I yeah, just couldn't wait to get to the post. You know the horse well. You you were part of his education. You were part of his early career. Yesterday was 1,100. We know he's won at 1,200. You, you, you know the horse extremely well. What do you think will be his optimum distance? It's still, it's... Oh. He's out. It's his um, what is it? His third race prep, David, and he's like his eighth start. But he, he's still such a raw bugger, and oh, it, it's obviously it's a, a bit of a cliche. But I think the world, like say like Australian racing, is his oyster really because he's obviously he's, he's won now at the highest level, and an Oakley Plate, which was probably the the or I guess those um, had been saying that. It's probably the strongest Oakley plate we've seen um, in God knows how long. So to beat multiple Group 1 winners yesterday, uh, Rock and Horse, Mars Crusader, and, and how many Group 1 winners that have come out of that race, well, time will tell. But he's got such a bright future. And when it comes to a trip, I think, like, obviously, to win from where he did, he obviously he jumped well and were able to get across on the speed on his turns without using any extra petrol to chase the slick gallop. He pretty much he made the play for all those behind him um sort of sharing that second spot with i and me and he had to be a tough horse yesterday which he was to to finish off like he did i think he obviously he's proven over 1200 and done it super the way he won the regal roller and even as a two-year-old on stradbroke day um beating Tai. i think the horse will have no issues over 1400 but whether he's going to be more effective at 1200 like just running a super strong 12 um time only tell but um, yeah, hard. He's, he's got plenty of nice race ahead of him. Last one from me, Ben, but a double pronged one. You went to the Greyhounds last night. You you owned a, a Greyhound that, that that ran. How did it go? And secondly, did Stephanie pick you up from the airport when you got home last night? Because if there's a more loved up husband and wife team in the world, I haven't seen them. I imagine that would have been an emotional <laughs> moment. <laughs> yeah, so we went to the dogs, and I we were sort of with the presentation and and whatnot. We. We were held up a little bit for time, and so we missed actually the greyhound that Steph and I own a share in. We had to watch him. We we missed the race by nearly ten, oh, just under ten minutes, but he ran fourth. Umberto in a group three, he was beaten three lengths. But um, parents had another dog running in race five in a group three, and and he won. So that was it was really nice to to get there, and obviously, and as well too. My my dad, he wasn't there. He was still at home. He was at home taking care of the work there. But my um my uh, brother and sister, they do a lot of the race day work and they were at the Meadows, so it was great to go and see them and, and my uncle was there too, see other relatives, my cousins, so cousins. So that was good and, yeah, Steph did pick me up from the airport. I, I probably, to a disgust at the time, I, I stooged her into dropping me off at the airport before going to Lismore 
on Friday, so she done that. And, um, <laughs> it was uh, oh, I was, was awesome to to um, be flying home last night, and and I couldn't wait to see her. I feel the boys in um, Melbourne were were very disappointed in me that I wasn't staying to stay, <laughs> staying to celebrate with them, but no, I was heading home to a, to a very happy wife. And of course, the Sunshine Coast today. You, you mentioned before, as we close off on this interview, you've, you've been here for two and a half years. I think you've made a wonderful impact on Queensland racing, particularly southeast Queensland racing, not only from your riding skills, but the fact that you've um, you've been treated so well by by the racing industry here. Your manners are impeccable. Um, you, you're always happy to help, uh, you know, with shows like this and and functions, but. You you are an adopted Queenslander in the eyes of the racing industry here. So, the amount of goodwill that was felt at Dooman yesterday by you winning that race uh, was was second to none. So you should be proud of that and, and proud of your achievement yesterday. Thanks for being with us this morning. Thank you very much, David. Thanks, Ben. There is Ben Thompson joining us. Let's go. To, let's continue the uncommon James story. And uh, Matt Hoist is with us now. Matt, good morning. Morning, David. Wow. Well, um, we've talked to Ben and. He was pretty emotional after the race, and I think with yourself as well, it took a little while to sink in. Yeah, well and truly. It uh, was very much quite surreal. It's a surreal experience. And, um, no, look, I think it meant speaking to her, she's still down in Melbourne now with uh, Caitlin, my wife, now, and we're sort of talking this morning. It's probably only just just starting to, to sort of sink in now, the, uh, everything. And, um, yeah, just just so uh, so proud of the horse. Done, a, done such a good job. It must add to it too, Matt, this was a proper Group 1, wasn't it? You see Group 1s and Group 1s, but everyone you talked to said this was one of the strongest, if not the strongest, Oakley plate, you know, in the last decade. So that, that must give you a bit of uh, <laughs> bit of momentum as well, I guess. Yeah, well and truly, like it, it was. It was, I think, even sort of talking, talking to a few people even a few weeks ago, you'd sort of think with a horse like this, you'd be going into an Oakley plate as, you know, Red hot sort of favourite, and the fact that he he sort of was even the price that he that he was yesterday just just did show the depth of it. And look, it was always going to be a, a really good test, and and yeah, I suppose to for us to find out what what level we we feel he's going to be up to, and and the fact that he was able to to not not only just winning, but I think sort of win as dominantly as he did, uh, you know, really just just backs up that the sky's the limit for this bloke. He turned the tables on, on Lofty Strike. Lofty Strike got him down in the Rubiton and he turned the tables today. Lofty Strike's run by the same token was, was outstanding. Um, looking back at that first up run, was it just a, a lack of fitness that beat him? Because he seemed to have every chance. Yeah, he did. Look, he was, he was just raced a, a touch fresh and, you know, he was sort of exposed, you know, sort of on that three wide line. Obviously, he's a straight run. There's only really one bend, but he was just exposed the whole way. First up, probably six months, um, you know, had a massive, massive blow after that run. Um, you know, he looked well going into there, but he, he still hadn't 100% come in the coat. And it's probably only really been this last week he's just improved out of sight in the coat. He's just got had dapples popping out of him everywhere and he was so white so well and, and bright and it just really sort of tightened up a hell of a lot from that first up run. So we knew he had, you know, tremendous improvement going into into yesterday and that was justified in, in how how he was obviously able to run and just to sustain a, a really good gallop. Obviously, you know, Zoo Style set out a hectic speed out in front and, you know, he sort of was was the one behind him and um, you know, they sort of carved out pretty pretty hot splits the entire race. They've obviously run a really slick time and and just having that that um, you know a bit more harder race fitness under him with that one one good solid run just had him in good stead and had him you know pretty well cherry ripe yesterday. 
Ben Ben Thompson, I think, put it well and said Australia's his his oyster, which it certainly is. There's a Quite a few whispers getting around that <clears throat> the Quokker in WA, that new rich lot race over there, he's obviously in high demand for that. There might be something cooking there. Perhaps, obviously, the new market could be um, in contention. The Galaxy in Sydney. Have you sort of, you know, where are you at with all that now? Like, what's, where is his next mission going to be? Do you think? Yeah, look, still haven't really decided. To, to be honest, we'll have a sit down today and have a chat to sort of, uh, to you know, with Kate, Tony, and uh, Pete, and we'll sort of work out a. Work out a plan on on where we do go go next. Uh, would probably nearly say that the the Quokka's probably nearly off the cards. Obviously, it's a really good good money race, no doubt. But obviously, the you know the rigors of of travelling and everything like getting him over there, and it's going to be a really firm track. Not that that holds any any reservations, but you know it's the with everything. I think there's there's more suitable races, sort of a bit closer to home. Uh, so at this stage, we'll probably be thinking where we're going to be staying here and. Yeah, he said whether we will see see how he is over the coming days, and whether we go new market or give him an extra week to the the galaxy. Both obviously handicapped, so a lot of that's going to come down to you know how many ratings points he does get for winning there yesterday. Uh, he still holds a nomination for the TJ, or you know have the option of of coming home now and and maybe freshening him up for for you know Brisbane Winter Carnival as well. There's plenty of options, but look, we'll let the horse tell us in the in the next sort of 24 to 48 hours. He pulled up fantastic this morning, but we'll we'll see how he is back under saddle tomorrow and um, and sort of really sit down and work out a plan on the back of that. Yeah, you're in a very enviable position. There are so many options and you can't go to all of them. You don't want to go to all of them, but to try to uh, prioritise them is, uh, well, it'll be an enjoyable task, put it that way. So we'll follow that story. The same question I asked Ben, I'll ask you. Um, uh, we've seen him to 1,200. Uh, are you confident or, or comfortable that, that he'll run further than that? I think so, yeah. I have no no doubt. Especially once he gets a couple of runs into his prep. Like, obviously, he was, he was quite fresh first up. But once he sort of has that little bit of freshness out of him, it just really softens him up in the run and, you know, he switches off beautiful. So I'd have no issue stretching him out to sort of 14. Look, obviously, he's so dynamic. He's got such an explosive turn of foot. So I'm not sure, you know, when we will sort of get to that stage of stretching him out. Obviously, if, you know, we'll be doing that in the... In the right race, but yeah, I've no issue the way that he the way that he settles and switches off, you know, into a prep that um you know he'd, he'd run out fourteen nice and strong. Has your training partner been able to keep it together when he's spoken to you on the phone? I'm not sure if you heard the start of the show, but I was at Dooman yesterday and he was basically hiding behind a tree for about twenty minutes because he was so emotionally. He just thought if I talk to anyone, I'm just going to explode in tears. What's uh, what's, what have your phone conversations been like with Steve? Yeah, obviously straight after the race, it, it was more sort of text and yeah, he, he sort of mentioned that he goes, I'm, I'm holding it together at this stage, but, uh, I'm staying away, making sure no one talks to me. <laughs> um, yeah, but obviously just that first, you know, it's not only me, but you know, Steve's obviously been, been training for, you know, you know, for a lot longer than myself. And, um, you know, it was obviously his business that I was all able to, to come into. So it's massive. I'm obviously a bit of a shame that, you know, we did have such a big team, team up there in, in Brisbane yesterday. So he wasn't able to come down and we weren't able to share that experience. But, um, obviously got a massive thrill for the whole team being there and a lot of them being there trackside, uh, being able to watch him win it, you know, means, means a lot. There's a, you know, Steve and my name are there, but we've got a massive team. It's obviously a big operation there. Um, you know, up in up in Brisbane, and you know, everyone does everyone does a fantastic job, and you know the, the results are really replicating that. Well, even the wizardry of the training of O'Day and Hoisted winning a Group One yesterday 
It uh, still couldn't get Rathlon home in the last of Duke, of course. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that record still stands now two from 30, just to let you know. <laughs> yeah, no, he's, uh, yeah, obviously a bit of a... It can be a bit of a frustrating horse, but look back to the drawing board with him. Hopefully, uh, yeah, back in the right sort of race, he maybe come down in grade a little bit, and hopefully we can, uh, yeah, we can we can get that third win under his belt. But Fetch was good. It, it, it looked a good race for her because of the the, the the race shape where she drew the speed in the race. I think a good distance for her and good fresh, and it all panned out well. Yeah, fantastic. Obviously, the you know, gates are always key with her. If she can, she can get cuddled up, sort of in behind the speed. You know, we know she's got an explosive turn of foot when being able to ridden like be be able to be ridden that way. And in turn, obviously, with with Kyle aboard, getting in with a, a low weight. You know, she was always going to let rip and get the perfect running transit. Um, and yeah, she was she was fantastic. We know she's got got a hell of a lot of ability. She's not completely straightforward, but. Um, really good to see her, see her do that in that sort of grade and we'll probably see her push on to the military rows in, in three weakest time now. should have asked you too, just on the Oakley plate, um, Matt, what did you make of shooting for gold? It was a $51 chance in the market, but uh, there was a bit of love for him and it just shaped as a race as though he could potentially explode. Fresh got beaten four and a half lengths. Was it a, a pass mark, do you think? Yeah, I think pass mark. He obviously wasn't beaten all that far. Um, it's funny, he probably... Whereas it was advantage uncommon James in the sense that he was able to race at Sandown under race conditions. That's probably what you know, maybe what brought him a little bit undone as well, shooting for gold. Um, you know, I know Damien made mention in the Rubiton that he did feel he got really lost sort of going down the dip there and, and coming up the rise uh there and, and Ben made mention after the race that he, he really felt like a horse that had raced there before. He he took to that a hell of a lot better. Jaden just thought he, he really did get a bit get a bit lost sort of coming down the dip and he and he um you know probably really struggled there but in turn thought he picked himself up but he did just probably uh, Peter out late. Obviously, it was a, as we've said, a, a really good rendition of the the Oakley Plate, and whether he's, you know, he's probably just not quite up to those real top top liners. But look, he's he's still got plenty more wins with him, sort of place right, even in that fringe sort of, you know, Group Three, Group Two, sort of listed grade, hopefully, and um, you know, just place right. Hopefully, we can, um, you know, we can we can get him back. He's done a done a really good job. He's been up up for a while with only shorter breaks, so um, he can go have a bit of a break now, and um, you know, whether we fresh him up for. For our winter carnival, Matt, you're always very generous with your time, uh, not only with this program but other programs, other media outlets. So, congratulations on yesterday. You and Caitlin celebrate and enjoy the day. Cheers, thank you.